Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hi. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And our special guest, Pete Swanson from Yellow Swans, and uh, who runs the Freedom to Spend label, and uh, I don't know, his own awesome solo work. Hey, I'm uh, happy to be here. I feel like this is like uh, one of the longest uh, led up to Noise Extra episodes. You've been talking about this for months. Oh. <laughs> no, no kidding. Welcome. A, a long, absolutely. long time. I feel like it's been like think- a, a year, probably. Yeah. Well, one yeah. of the first... That was one of the first. You were like on the very first list, and this record is was always attached because Gray had mentioned that you know, you you had introduced him to it, and mm-hmm. it'd be such a cool one to do on the podcast. And I think the last time Tara and I saw you would have been last November, oh. and we were talking about like, oh, yeah. we should do it like pretty soon. Yeah, like, and here we are. <laughs> and I'm sure right, we all right. thought that would happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I actually probably recommended this record to Gray like two or three years ago because it was like this, you know, super murky, like dark, you know, synth record that's from Seattle. And I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. if like Gray was making music as Hive Mind in the 80s, <laughs> this awesome. is like awesome. This totally. is like not not very far off from like. A thing that Gray might do. <laughs> I appreciate the compliment. Uh, yeah, you told me this was one of the most Gray-sounding records ever, and uh, I ignored that advice for a little while, and then <laughs> finally checked out a sample of it and and bought the record, and I didn't do any research on it when buying this record. I just kind of bought it based on your recommendation and hearing like a, a quick clip of it and being like, oh, that sounds good. And then it shows up, and it's from 1985 from seattle and uh, you know those who don't know i i grew up in the seattle area uh spent the first portion of my life there and to and then hearing this record i was like oh i understand 100 percent why pete had been <laughs> repeatedly recommending <laughs> this record to me and uh we're gonna talk about it it's a uh, is it jeff grinky is that the how you pronounce uh, his name do we know i, I think so okay uh, i'm not sure <laughs> uh, i mean that's I what we've all any, been like, saying <laughs> Yeah, I didn't find any sort of like phonetic explanation of pronunciation or anything. I have no idea. Um, and just the, rules. And the record is <laughs> Cities in Fog, which is a great title. It's on Intrepid from 1985 and had a couple CD issues. We'll talk about that. But first, Connolly's, what have you been listening to? Um, well, we've been listening to this record a lot leading up to the episode, as well as Absolutely. some other stuff that we were checking out. Um, there's a great tape uh, on ND to split with Pierre Perret. Yeah. Uh, 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 oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That record's, uh, I, I, that tape's like a little bit later, I think. Um, okay. Oh, he did yeah, another split. He did this other split. Um, he has yeah, that's this collaborator. Yeah. Um, right before this record, yeah. Which is great. Yeah, th- this is his. So he has this um, main collaborator, this guy, uh, I think his name's Rob Angus. Yes. Who yeah. appears on like all of his records. And apparently they share a studio. Um, yeah, they went to uh, they went to Pennsylvania State University together and met there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and his first release was a split with with Rob. Um, yeah. And I think that came out in like 83 or 84 and I don't have yeah. that tape, but I have all of his other tapes that he released. Wow. Um, oh, cool. That's so cool. 
Yeah. And I wanted to like do a bunch of uh, listening leading up to this, but both of my Nakamichi tape decks died last week. (laughs) That is so sad. Check out Swanson with the Nakamichi name drop. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean... Are there any other tape players? <laughs> <laughs> I think Fisher Price makes uh, one. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, outside of that, um, we we right before we were yeah. uh, this morning, what we listened to this morning, our wake up music was the Hermit Third Organ Split slash Collab CD mm. on Self Abuse, uh, Dead te- uh, Dead Tech Machine Gallery. It's insane. It's I, an insane because we were both like, "What could a third organ hermit split be like? Like, what's it gonna sound like?" It sounds like everything. It's like it sounds like hermit. It sounds like third organ. There's a part where Blondie drops in. Like there, there's just like radio. It's it's bananas. Well, what got us excited about what we, what we were talking about? What we we're listening to it is what a cool it. It's a type of split and collab that doesn't seem to happen too much anymore. Mm-hmm. Where it's like hermit, kind of you know, a little more lo-fi, kind of like you know, hazy a little bit, you know, I don't know. And then, you know, yeah, it's more atmospheric. And then then with third organ being more just like in the red, like full on noise, it just seems like two disparate projects. Putting them together is so exciting. Like I, we, I love that kind of, you know, uh, collab. And 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 sometimes it is like a blend where you get both elements. And then a lot of times it's just like, what the hell is this? It's a really fantastic CD. Yeah, we hadn't, we actually got it a while ago, but hadn't listened to it. We just was like, oh, let's put this on this morning. I want to see it because I just love the cover. I know. The cover is great. It looks good. So Hermit, Satellite Dishes. On Self Abuse. And it's actually the only appearance. uh, It's the only like third organ, like proper CD. He's generally just tapes LPs and CDRs mm. so strange huh. that he doesn't or, or no it was he has like one that came out like two years ago yeah. but up until then this was the only uh, like actual compact disc of Third Organ so uh, awesome CD highly recommended and yep. uh, yeah what about you Mr. Holger uh, man I've still been kind of stuck in this Rur Hunter zone which uh, oh, it's a easy, good song. easy to <laughs> good get stuck in. it really is so I listened to uh, the what I what I think of is the first record. I might be wrong, but uh, the uh, Ritual Before the Hunt, which I used to own a different edition of. I I'd swear, but I just got uh, that last Bandcamp day. I grabbed I grabbed this uh, CD. It looks beautiful. It's like gloss black ink on matte black paper, and it's really. I mean, he has a very nice eye for design, so it looks really nice. Mm-hmm. And then the the disc itself is just like really nice pitch black ritual ambient sounding stuff um with just enough like the the one that follows it up torn of this it has a little more neofolk ethno world sort of influence to it where there's like some tribal drums and weird stringed instruments and stuff but this one's a little bit more restrained in that and it's really just dark ambient and i followed that up this with one, the, the, this one's really good too the moss and memory uh, oh, Hunter's really good too. Connolly's sort of got it in his hand. I uh, I don't yeah, have that yeah, one. I'm so gonna good. have to actually. We've been in a zone. I bought a copy of that one at our beloved Amoeba, and then I went out to lunch next door. I looked at the CD, and it was completely scratched. So I took it back and returned it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I think I was with you. Total bummer. 
Yeah, that's yeah, we went with we you went and next bought door it, yeah. <laughs> uh, and was oh. the days when you could just go to Amoeba. Yeah, right. Um, and then uh, <laughs> keeping in the zone, I grabbed a copy of Umbra Unclean Spirit. Now, this is Scott Candy of Grunt Splatter collaborating with Stephen Petrus of Murderous Vision. Uh, 1999, also just, just pitch black ambient, nice noise textures. Everything gels so well on this CD. Uh, I, I had it for a long time. I couldn't find it, so I just bought another copy of it, uh, and it was worth every penny. Like throwing it on again was like, oh man, this. When you're in the mood for some decayed dark ambient, Umbra Unclean Spirit gets a high high recommendation. Uh, one of the other things I grabbed recently that I hadn't checked out was uh, John Duncan did a DVD on that Vaughn Archives label uh, out of Italy. And uh, this is called The Tailing. And it's improvised uh, him playing uh, Hammond organ, uh, soundtracking a video of like obfuscated slow motion, close up, incredibly uh, dark, not like like a spooky, eerie, evil, dark, but just like dark pornography on the DVD. And it's, it's just organ improvisation. It's awesome. Sounds great. Yeah. It's really cool. And then uh, last thing I jammed was the Kyostad environment. Actually two, two things related to Kyostad, the Kyostad environment electronics on found remains and the form hunter CD on found remains, which I'm forgetting the title of, uh, but there's only one, so it should be easy. Uh, environment electronics is a reissue of some, uh, of a tape. And uh, I think there's a bonus track or two on it. And the form Hunter is a new, uh, CD and LP. Um, people probably know Stefan from form Hunter and Kostad from uh, new forces label and zine noisy that he was doing. Uh, and probably a handful of people or a good handful of people, hopefully listening to this, know his stuff, but it's a lot of, uh, Field recordings, reprocessed, nasty noise textures, really gritty. Uh, I think like anyone who is into sort of like the the Dillaway tape zone or sort of the your technet stuff that I mentioned in the last episode, uh, crude tape and noise, this stuff will definitely fit in. It's like minimal restrained, but also hits the freakout moments. And uh, yeah, the the form hunter has uh, Weston Zerkes, I think is his name, and he, uh, playing. I, I have to assume scrap metal since. Stefan seems to be doing the tape stuff uh, and the photos indicate there's a guy with some some sheet metal tubing and uh, yeah, just just loving this stuff right now. So and then the rest of the stuff has been I'm really into CDs right now. I'm putting out a bunch of CDs and I've been listening to those CDs like a million times, including a Bacillus CD, which comes out uh, this Friday. I oh, hope you get better soon, Bacillus but you CD? probably won't. <laughs> yeah, recorded uh, September of last year and Specifically for CD, it's uh, it is a ripper, and I got them in the mail the other day, and they look really disgusting. So I'm very, very I'm really happy. excited about that Bacillus CD, but also another CD that you're putting out. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it comes out in July. Oh, are you talking about the Failing Lights full length that I'm releasing? Oh, is that what they're called? I forget sometimes. <laughs> yeah, Spirit <laughs> Obscured. Those uh, those also showed up. So. Yeah, Yay. releasing a CD by uh, Mr. Mike Connolly here. Uh, there'll be more news about that closer to the release date, but yeah, 
the CDs look great. They sound great, mm-hmm. and I'm very, very happy with it. And they'll be out. That'll be out on the July third. July third. I'm, I'm gonna. I mean, while these there's these Bandcamp no fee days, seems like a good time to drop some new releases. So that's what I'm doing. And yeah. uh, Mr. Swanson, <laughs> I, you know, I've been going pretty ham on these Bandcamp release days too. I love um, it. Yeah, <laughs> so fun. <laughs> but my uh, listening hasn't really been uh, with a lot of that stuff recently that I've been picking up. Um, Last time around, I did pick up some stuff by uh, this Australian lady, Lisa Lurkenfeld. Um, Just really, really murky uh, sound collage stuff that wouldn't be out of place with what we're listening to, uh, what we just listened to. Um, I I have the impression that she's pretty young, hasn't put out a ton of stuff, but uh, supposedly she has a record coming out uh, pretty soon. Um, that'll be our first LP. Uh, also, uh, I ended up downloading this stuff by this dude from Brisbane, Australia, uh, Eugene Carcesio. He has a couple albums that are, uh, circle music part one and two that are these really wild sort of like, uh, almost nerve net noise sounding like percussive workouts that are just like very unpredictable, evolving, like it sounds like it's all like heavy LFO, like uh, oscillator, you know, bleeps. Just uh, it sounds very organic. It sounds like it's really uh, kind of constantly evolving. And uh, but it also sounds extremely synthetic. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Very cool stuff. And uh, it, it actually came out quite quite a while ago he has a bunch of releases on uh room for room 40 and they're like all digital only um but i had a friend turn me on to it and uh man they are uh very cool very weird recordings uh pretty unique stuff um it's funny you mentioned nerve net noise because we just edited oh. an episode where he's mentioned kind of heavily uh, for the Patreon, so that's uh, <laughs> that's a funny thing. Oh, wait, 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 you weren't talking to Howie, were you? <laughs> no, no, actually, no, we, uh, should, we were talking about we were talking about, we were talking about the, Howie. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> let's go, Howie. But we were talking with uh, we were talking with Chris Sienko again, uh, and, and NerveNet Noise and. The individuality mm-hmm. of labels in, in regards to how he came up in this conversation, but it's sort of a more freeform thing, so it'll uh, it'll be on the Patreon. I, I, I mean, NerveNet Noise is one of those projects that like doesn't really have a context. Uh, you know, they're so uh, unique and so slept on, but uh, pretty much every CD really, really, really kills. Um, also, sort of along those lines. Um, I picked up a record recently by this uh, Belgian dude who made uh, music for dance. Uh, this record, I think it came out in 80 or 81. This dude, John Van Rymanant. And it's like percussive modular synth pieces with like percussive saxophone playing, which, you know, I, I typically hate saxophones, uh, but this record Cheers. is awesome. And it's like super like, proto techno but also like really wonky and and like organic sounding um and then uh i've also just been on this heavy field recording kick like i mentioned before so like been ripping through a bunch of uh bill fontana records uh 
most of his records came out on uh, KQED, <laughs> the uh, like uh, NPR station up in the Bay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And then uh, the Sierra Club also put out an LP for him. <laughs> cool. Wow. Um, yeah. And some of his some of his records are just like straight field recordings, and some of them are more like. Um, I have the impression that he built sculptures to for like sound to resonate in. And then he did Ooh. these like sort of composed field recordings where he's like, you know, recording these spaces that he like assembled. Um, yeah. That sounds awesome. Pretty interesting stuff. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And then I also just got a pack of um, uh, field recordings and like ethnographic recordings by this French dude whose name I was, I am going to totally botch Pierre Uge, H-U-G-U-E-T. <laughs> and, it sounds right. Um, yeah, Uge sounds right. Good job. Uh, okay. Um, some of my French friends think I, I, that I secretly speak French, and I'm just lying that <laughs> I don't speak at it all, but I really, I really don't. I, I, I really do not do French. <laughs> you haven't proven but, that uh, yet. Yeah, but uh, the Pierre Uge um, recordings that I have are sort of these, like, composed bits where like field recordings and like human sounds are kind of like overlapping and interacting with each other, which I think is very cool. Mm -hmm. you, you hear like these people singing in a forest and then you hear like thunderstorms breaking and then, you know, it's, it's just very uh, evocative and like, uh, you know, seems like an interesting space to be in. <laughs> You uh, you oh, actually yeah. recommended to me to go to one of the craziest record stores I've ever been in while in France, once. Oh, <laughs> Dom Blanche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it is it is very bizarre, and uh, the stock that they have is uh, oppressive. <laughs> <laughs> this this sounds like a record you could maybe even find there. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I uh, maybe, but oh, last time I was there I picked up this incredible um LP by this uh uh, uh Brazilian composer and the record's all like um it's got all these pieces that are like skipping 78 RPM like uh samba records that he like did modular synth arrangements around. Mm. It it <laughs> wow. totally Totally nuts. Totally insane. I don't insane know what record. that sounds, sounds like. Insane. I have no idea. <laughs> it, it, sound, it sounds you. like broken samba. <laughs> <laughs> Where is awesome. that? Uh, his, his name's George Antunes. Awesome. Have yeah. to look for it. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I'll send you some music after this. I, I need cool. to send you that record that's all uh, amplified carbonated beverages, too. <laughs> I would like the amplified carbonated beverages and the bird calls that you were referencing earlier. I would like to listen to all of these bird calls. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Birds of Venezuela by Jean Rocher. Oh, wow. They have a, a varied bird population. That is really exciting. Awesome. <laughs> that that is a very noisy record too. If if, if, if we're going to do like a if you're going to do like a noise record of bird songs, you know, it, or natural sounds at all, it should probably be that record or uh, you know, the sound of uh speech after the removal of the larynx record from well, uh, Sounds Folk like Ways, we are sounds which like is we just, have our guest lined up for that episode, so yep. we'll uh, <laughs> We we'll try not to make it another year, but we'll see. 
that's it's how real nice. Gross. <laughs> it's real gross. <laughs> Amazing. Juicy, real gross. Even. Man. Oh, it's talking of things that aren't gross. What's not gross? You know what's not gross? Cities in Fog by Jeff Grinke. And it's not on gross either. <laughs> <laughs> this record it's is- It's on Intrepid. This, this record's amazing, Pete, and I'm so happy that yes. you recommended it to Gray, then through osmosis it was recommended to us, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it is just- it's a trickle-down effect. What a record. It It's just like a block of ice. <laughs> so mm. when did you when did you discover this record? So, you know, I've I've been kind of digging around in a couple different northwestern like micro scenes from the 80s just like doing label work. So like, you know, getting into um Palace of Lights, which is a label that uh Freedom has been reissued a record uh that was on uh, originally by Mark Barreca, that music works for industry. That Barreca um, reissue you did is really, really awesome. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's it's killer, sort of like minimal synth, industrial, like proto-industrial, um, super good stuff. And that label, that collective of artists, like they did a bunch of different records, a uh, bunch of different styles. A lot of it was pretty like Eno-inspired. Um but then some of it was really industrial. Then they had this project called Savant that was sort of like um, almost like dance music. Uh, there was a bunch of people sort of working with samples in the Northwest in the early 80s. And like, you know, um, Negative Land was operating out of Olympia. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Steve Fisk, who's like mostly known as like, a, you know, engineer and like uh record producer and stuff at this point but he he made a bunch of early records that are all sort of like heavy collage like post-punk industrial weirdness um so there's a lot of music that sort of falls in in that sort of camp um and then there are also these (sighs) sort of like kami (laughs) like collective uh electronic music studios um, and also, uh, you know, colleges and stuff like that. So, uh, and also just like loose uh, label collective. So like, uh, I don't know if you all are familiar with this comp that Numero group did last year. Um, It's called switched on Eugene and it's a compilation of, music from uh the eugene electronic music collective (laughs) wow (laughs) which um wow yeah it's it it's it's an amazing compilation it was really a service to um everyone um and you know when that came out uh a few of my friends and i had already been talking about some of the artists sort of that were like associated Mm -hmm. with that world and um my first exposure to Jeff's music was actually through this comp, uh, Northwest Passages. And um, yeah. it, it's got Jeff Grinke, it's got Mark Barreca, um, but it also has like uh, lesser known folks like Neil Kvern and Michael Chocolock. And uh, I'm probably screwing up all these names, but uh, they're all part of the Eugene Electronic Music Collective and are on that comp. Um, Jeff's stuff is a bit more available. Um, 
And, you know, I, I liked his music when I heard it. I wanted to dig in a bit further. Um, one of the great things about his stuff is that it is pretty available. Um, it's not the kind of thing where you're going to drop like, <laughs> you know, 150 bucks on a record. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, despite all that, he and he had all these interesting like connections in Seattle. Like he had a band with Bill Riflin from Ministry. Yeah, Land. Um, so cool. Yeah, we were listening to Land yeah. today. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's it, he just sort of seems like he was a dude who had all these loose connections, but was really just sort of on his own trip, operating in his own studio with his with his buddy who like uh, doesn't really release a bunch of stuff, and um, you know, uh, it really sounds like this this uh music that came out of like a personal process right of like mm-hmm. self-discovery and like uh, grappling 100%. with like gear and stuff like that i mean you that's know, been our is... zone lately because of you know everybody kind of being quarantined and isolated like this stuff just like it just hits you so hard like right now especially it, it's it's really um i don't know just stays with you and he and he <laughs> put this lp out the Intrepid was his label, correct? Yeah, Intrepid was his label, but you know he also put out a bunch of uh, a bunch of his other releases earlier on. So you know, um, this wasn't his first release, right? But, uh, and actually, what's what's cool is th- this one in particular. Actually, Project reissued it on yeah. CD along with Cities <laughs> yeah. and Fog Part Two. Two. Um, There's a sequel. Right. Yeah, yeah. But then uh so also which is his cool. records after City and Fog he did on Dossier, which is so cool because that's like mm-hmm. controlled bleeding and yeah. like you know, they, they put out like that art barbecue record that's totally wild. That's right, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the they put one out some like psychic TV stuff. Uh places of motility, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the two after this one uh were both on Dossier. So it's kinda like he he sort of like came to this music on his own and then eventually sort of ended up being lumped in with what was essentially like dark ambient and industrial. I think it's mm-hmm. a fair it kind of lumping rem- with this record, but even like places of motility has way more sort of world tribal and, and almost crowd influence yeah. to it. I mean, this doesn't have that. This is like you said, a, a block of ice or a, a block of melted ice. It's so murky and watery. Yeah, and it's it like everything is just like obfuscated and like uh, you know there there are a couple tracks on the record where I just feel like you just feel the bass even like even just mm-hmm. listening to it on on headphones there isn't even like a bass sound it just feels like pressure yeah they, actually <laughs> no. in my notes I I mentioned that it's like barometric pressure <laughs> the bass is yeah. is constantly sort of moving and evolving and it never. It's never really calling attention to itself often, but it's, but it's a this present force that's just sort of there and driving it, and it, it changes subtly, oftentimes very subtly, but it's still changing. So you're feeling this low end movement, and there's you know the the track list. There's there's ten songs, uh, five on a side, longest being seven <laughs> minutes, the shortest being one and a half, and the icebergs are referenced, and fog is referenced, and these uh you you get a feeling for these things and it does feel heavy i was taken to to the harbor more and, and it's yeah. a lot of uh mm-hmm. ships rubbing against the dock 
uh, the sound, the, what the ocean floor hears is very much what this record is. It's like mm-hmm. depth charges, bubbling in water, murky depths, things swimming past you in the darkness that you're not sure what they are or circling you. And those those sounds are all really present here. It's a very visual record, but everything is, I mean, yeah, it's like he didn't have a budget for anything over like 4,000 hertz, 3,000 hertz, <laughs> like it's it's really like yeah everything is just squashed there's no high end detail at all and it doesn't suffer for it in any way no not at all and, and that's one of the crazy things about this and you know I, I i know that we all have kind of read up a little bit on him and one of the things that i i noted in like one of his interviews talking about making his early recordings is that he just basically got a tape machine and blocked off the erase head. So I think that there's like (laughs) multiple generations of like kind of primitive overdubs being done. And it just has this like compression and like murkiness and air that like you don't really get from like doing things the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And and it is confusing as to how he achieved, you know, what he did. Yeah. But Oh, like the, just, the thing that kept coming back to, I kept coming back to was just this like feeling of pressure and feeling like, like, I don't know if neither, none of you went to that, uh, we're at that recombinant media lab show that Daniel mentioned and Zbigniew Karkowski did recombinant media labs is like a space that was run by not human. Um, for just for a little while. And it had the most insane sound system I've ever uh had the privilege of like hearing and feeling and uh they had you know sur- this crazy surround sound system but then they had sub subs built into the floor oh, wait this oh. is in, this oh, in sf cool. or in oakland yeah right yeah so it, well, it was I, I, played there. I played there and the the sound system got down to two hertz and watching them play you know, it was so oppressive. Like I felt like I was, I was like being pushed down physically while I was <laughs> listening to them. Wow. And then when they would release these bass tones, I would feel like I was levitating. Like I would feel like I was floating up and I get that same feeling here from this record where it just feels like there is a hand pushing you down the whole time. And there are, there, you know, there are points where like, yeah, you get a little bit of like air, but for the most part, it's just like this force that is just pushing against you. Wow. You're being tampered with by the atmosphere. Totally. <laughs> you know, one of the funny things about it, as much as we're talking about the atmosphere and the oppression is that it's a strangely melodic and tonally rich record. Mm-hmm. It's not one note. It's not this overwhelming bass tone. There's these weird little melodies and notes that come streaming by and refrains that are played in a lot of the pieces on this record that make that, that feeling of oppression is still there. That, that weightiness that the production has imbued in it, but it's also a very beautiful record when you're listening to it. It's very calming in that way. It's gorgeous. I I mean, I I just wanted to read something from an interview that he did in 1999 when he was asked about like, you know, his um, goals in making music. 
Uh, and he said, I like to think of my music as conjuring a strong sense of place and being very visual. My process, whether in the studio or performing live, involves meticulous layering, combining sounds and placing them specifically in a three-dimensional space. My ears and feelings guide me. It's an intuitive process. Eventually, a landscape develops, evoking different moods and places. These worlds are rather ambiguous, but definitely not abstract. They're soundtracks for the imagination. And like he, that's totally what he does. I like that he says ambiguous, but not abstract because I kind of, that's, I I actually didn't uh, read that passage or Tara didn't show Mm -hmm. me that passage until after he listened because what I was getting was, it wasn't abstract visuals, but it was like covered in like haze and fog and obscured. Mm -hmm. So it was like, you could, it's like you could see the iceberg just super far away through like layers and layers of clouds. So it's like, it is a thing and you know what that thing is, but you can't like, it just, it's so hazy and, and yeah, I think it's so effective. He's not shy about like having the water sound like water or wind sound like wind or thunder yeah. sound like thunder. There, right. there are a lot of stormy sounds. There are a lot of watery. I mean, water is sort of the predominant sound. I think of this record or just, mm-hmm wet, murky, viscous sound. But he I, he mentions in an interview having a, a synthesizer, like a, a prophet synthesizer, uh, mm-hmm. and like some like some wind instruments and stuff too, like a like a trombone and trumpet and stuff that's like available to him. So yeah. there's those sounds maybe on this tape, but they're so dubbed out, muted and and obfuscated that they don't necessarily sound like what they are. One thing that struck me, that especially the first time I put it on after after getting it from Pete's recommendation, was that I thought a lot of the sounds were guitar. I hear strings. I hear the sort of like plunking of the the neck, the short end of the strings, and and the manipulation of guitar in some of these. But it's so it's so removed from sounding like guitar playing. Uh, it reminded me of another record that I haven't listened to in a while, so I might be getting this wrong, but in 2001, uh, Freedom From Asymmetry and Sunship co-released a record by Jesse Peterson called I Just Collided with a Tricky Shade of Dark. Uh, it's huh. like a six-song LP, and it's in like black like black textured paper uh, with little like elegant silver screen print on it, and it's... The only credit is electric guitar, Jesse Peterson, but it do, it does not sound like someone playing electric guitar. It sounds like a truly miserable dark ambient record, and <laughs> I I think of like how KG Hino uses electric guitar sometimes to make it just like a pure noise thing. Um, and this this record has that same kind of feeling, like uh, aligns to me when the first time I heard it directly with that Jesse Peterson record. Huh? What I, was I, the I don't most- know that watery track for you guys on this we Tara and I had it we actually had a we were like we had a we had a a discussion about which track was the most watery what about what was what was it for you Gray I'm looking at my notes right now and uh I thought it was offshore search I thought that was the most watery I I heard guitar in that one also for me, yeah, it was yeah, yeah, maintain circulation. And I was, for me, that that I was one, say I maintain uh, circulation. <laughs> we were yeah underwater, like looking. Okay, so like I'm t- the ocean kind of terrifies me. Like like yep. like Jaws is yep. still like one of the scariest movies to me. 
because I think of like the vastness. So like when you're in the ocean mm-hmm. and the giant like sharks and whales, but also even like boats like and I would. So I picture when you're underwater and you're looking out and looking up, you're seeing this massive boat and in the distance you're seeing these massive whales and sharks that's where i was with maintain Ugh. circulation and that's it was why also kind of like <laughs> what's that i was gonna make a joke i was gonna say that's why we're releasing your cd on july 3rd oh <laughs> that's great i like that i like that that's great yes perfect uh for shark, but yes, we shark have a, season a healthy respect and fear for the ocean and it's um absolute power yes. uh, over us it's, and that it and, dominates and that's where i went with this track uh especially and it's just that strange and also just like the deep sea creatures the strangest looking creatures in the entire yep. planet you know with their <laughs> the colors and they're just like strange shapes that's exactly mm-hmm. where i was at with maintain circulation you were just underwater yeah, for it yeah oh uh, yeah see that i guess also in maintained circulation i kind of felt like a pulse so maybe in my mind i was in in like an artery uh in the body you know what i mean so like that kind of almost underwater train chugging i thought could be like you know the heart pumping blood like the circulatory system so i wasn't underwater as much as i was like um you know when they shrink things in sci-fi movies and inject them into people and then they drive around in your body are you talking are you talking about inner space you're talking about inner space I mean, you Definitely know, among others. For sure. Uh, I've maintained circulation, actually. This is uh, the, the last song on the on side one. Uh, it's that that spinning sound revealed itself to me to be a propeller as the sort of air or the, yeah, the yeah, water yeah, yeah. area uh, heavier. Yeah. And uh, you could hear uh, like air bubbles. You could, see, you could see air bubbles in the water while you're listening to or like the disturbance of the propeller while you're listening to the track and there's this sort of a, I wrote organic organ hum, which is like not, doesn't necessarily, <laughs> it's a, again, these notes are not always uh, the most sensible Good things. organic but, organ. Right. But it, it didn't <laughs> sound like an actual organ, but it had that nice organ sort of chord sound to it. And depth charges is, is that I referenced earlier in my, uh, my, you know, talking about water on the CD is, one of those things that you you hear is like things, large objects getting dropped into the water. You hear the the splash and the splunk, but from underwater. And yeah, yeah, the propeller of kind of stops and goes away at some point, and then it comes back slower. Like the 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 kind of spinning sound is slower later on in the track. And this this is the longest track, and it certainly has a really good feel. The end of maintained circulation is nuts because it just grinds down. It just reaches this conclusion where it's just slowing down and you hear this propeller sound that Gray's talking about and it just like chugs to an end and it just feels like an absolute like dead stop. It's awesome. Also, like I think Upwelling also had the guitars on it, like the like Offshore Search did, where it's just like this super slow down. Like you don't, it doesn't even sound like a guitar. It just sounds like plunking strings. A few of the pieces on this come to a kind of abrupt stop, but then they they trickle out. Like the the two tracks before this, Crevice and Upwelling, both feel like they're ending and then just sort of eke out a little more of the track before they finally finish. It's, oh my God. It's really Upwelling? strange. 
<laughs> upwelling was like upsetting to me. Like, you know, when you're in a car and you're driving and like somebody's kind of like patting the brake and you always feel like you're moving forward because you're slowing down constantly. That's what upwelling felt like. Like that whole track just like was like flowing downhill. It was just like constantly slowing down to a point that I was just like, oh, it's upsetting. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but also like I think upwelling also had the guitars on it like the like offshore search did where it's just like this super yeah. slowed down like you don't it doesn't even sound like a guitar it just sounds like plunking strings i have guitar yeah. plonk written in my notes for this track and also uh awkward clock was something i wrote listening to this <laughs> one sure. where like well, there's it's the guitar that's sort of like tapping in a rhythmic fashion but it doesn't feel good in any way <laughs> and yeah the, the there's also some maybe like a hand sliding down the the strings kind of like this slide and glide where everything just sort of keeps descending not not quite in a shepherd but only tone descending. way but yeah everything just <laughs> yeah. keeps gliding downwards well, this it's I thought it, re it reminded me of a panning shot in a cave. Like if you're watching like Planet Earth or something, like the cave shots. This is like the cave shot. You're just going down into the cave. I, totally. I noticed it's a lot of sort of uh, blooming sounds on this one, though. Like especially towards the end, the the I thought it had kind of a more revealing production than some of the other tracks, where uh, some of these sounds start to kind of open up a little bit and let you see what's at their core, let you hear a little bit more detail in them than than a lot of the other material on this. I think that's true. This one I said, the monuments are shifting, stone heads turn, statue mouths open, stone eyes turn white. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> see, cave stone. Totally. <laughs> I think this well, track uh, is really funky in like a very weird way. <laughs> wow. What, what, what did you find funky about? I did, that just, wouldn't just be like, a word that I did not that never came to my brain during this record, but I love that it came to your brain. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like really syncopated, like weird, like guitar playing. It sounds like almost like some sort of like soundtrack funk from like a mod, like Western, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so wow. that, it, but, but just like really like stripped of all melody and stripped of all music. And you just sort of get this weird, like sort of like, rhythm that like propels you in a direction but uh doesn't really take you in any into any space that you should really go to <laughs> oh, wait, and have we mentioned yet that jeff grinky uh studied meteorology that was one of the wild so. things i learned reading those interviews in in the um, like yeah. 1980 he was studying meteorology and and that's where he <laughs> met you know his his longtime collaboration partner and yeah. um i like how he discussed that he discovered when studying meteorology he wasn't actually interested in meteorology but more in like the just abstract properties of weather um and <laughs> it's so apparent in these things uh and especially like I, I thought of it immediately like on on track six like even his titles are kind of meteorological like scud is um moving fast in a straight line as it's driven by wind so like scudding clouds mm. is an actual term so i know we have scud missiles oh, but you know metal from the sky 
Yeah, I mean, just so yeah. many things. Maintaining circulation, upwelling, like all of these things are meteorological principles. Like even the ocean currents uh, drive weather in the way that they carry, you know, warm water and winds. So uh, I just think it's so interesting the way he like studied atmosphere and really recreates it sonically. Right. And it also like carries over in his photography too. So like the artwork oh, yeah. for Cities and Fog, but then also for like all of his tapes, they all just have this sort of like, uh, they feel like clouds. They feel like fog. It's like this, this uh, process that really obviously is very intentional and personal. Yeah. Like textural, like super textural, yeah. but, but still like slightly abstract. And he does all the photography for his covers, yeah. as, including Cities and Fog. And what I kind of like too with this is because it's called Cities in Fog. And there's this kind of back and forth play, at least what I was kind of going through with what he was giving us with the titles and stuff between this kind of urban city landscapes and then these vast natural landscapes and i mean obviously urban pasture i mean that that title right there mm -hmm. is like kind of sums that idea up. oh yeah and so i kind of kept going back and forth between being underwater being in an actual jungle but then also being in between in an alley between buildings at like four in the morning you know, well, so I, like, like, like crevice, for example, was I was in an out that was that was the crevice. I was in an alley between two buildings. Yeah, I think uh, Pete and I both having lived in the Pacific Northwest for a good chunk of our lives can identify with the cities in fog uh, as a, like a very literal imagery of like growing up around Seattle uh, with all the rain and the early morning fog and stuff. It, it makes sense the sort of urban landscape, but you also caught that in Detroit and you see it in LA sometimes, you know, like mm -hmm. the, yeah. uh, the city just draped in a, in a layer of fog. Um, it's more smoggy in LA. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but also like, I, I think, you know, when you, when you're talking about like industrial music and thinking about it in Seattle, you know, a big part of, you know, industry and like factories and things like that is it involves shipping. It involves the sea. It's yes, like all yeah. Puget Sound. It's all like deep sea ocean. Like you can be in the city and still have that like smell of like rotting kelp, you know? Uh, you the can ocean play made a show. that town. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you, you yeah. like, you can have seagulls like wandering into your shows, you know? <laughs> well, I like that in an interview too, you know, you, you mentioned uh, shipping and, and there's a lot of sort of shipping container thud clunk in this sort of thing. Like the sounds are big booming pieces for a lot of it are, are kind of clunking, dropping lar larger objects are kind of what the imagery you get here is. And yeah, I mean, there's some there's some sounds that just sound like shipping containers being dropped into the sea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally. And yeah. he says uh, in an interview I read that he he doesn't really he uses recordings and processes stuff from his daily life, but he doesn't really go do field recordings as such that he doesn't like go out in search of recordings. He'll just record at his front door or what, you know, in whatever he's doing yeah. and use those sounds. And I thought that was a pretty cool uh Sort of a thing, you know, we talk about field recordings a lot, but this is not field recordings. This is like going to record my fridge. I'm going to record <laughs> my door closing. I'm going to record, you know, very, very sort of minimal and localized and personal recordings. It's not like mm -hmm. I'm going to go out to the park that I never go to and record some sounds or whatever. It's I'm going to record 
the sound of walking across my tile floor and then run it to tape and process it. Right. He's not out collecting sounds. He's like trying to evoke, you know, things from his memory in the studio, yeah. which I think is very interesting. I listening to, I mean, I think I, I, it's hard to pick a favorite, but I think metal from the sky was my favorite track. And like, I couldn't even focus because that whole track just reminded me of that, that dreamlike feeling, you know, it felt like you were in a dream. Um, you can't zero in on an exact feeling like the feeling you have is abstract, but you know, it's like deeply personal. It's this isolation feeling. It's like the feeling of being in your own head. Like the whole time all I could think of was you could put that as a soundtrack to doing any mundane thing and it immediately elevates the mood. Like you could put it behind grocery shopping and you'd be like, Oh my God, that's the most far out trip I've ever had. Like walking so much gravity. Yeah, I know. Do you know God, what it just I would got soundtrack? So heavy. You know what I would soundtrack with that track? What it immediately what? brought to mind to me is uh, what Whitley Stryber's Communion, the book. They turned into a movie, um, but it's a uh, it's about a man that was abducted by a UFO and then tries to like convince people that he was, and no one believes him, and his life is miserable oh, wow. because of it. Um, it's a very popular book in the eighties. I want to say it was like really, really around. Um, and it, this reminded me of that, this, like the, that feeling of isolation you're talking about, but also mm -hmm. like metal from the sky, this sort of strange UFO idea. And, but also the isolation of being the only person that knows what's happened to you or knows what's gone on that you've experienced yeah. and no one will kind mm -hmm. of believe you. And they're just uh, either casually humoring you or like straight up thinking you're, you're, you've gone insane. Uh, Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that. that. It's totally my favorite track, too. I'm totally with you on this. Um, and one of the things that I really love most about this track is that it has this narrative to it where it sort of starts and it's more open and you have this like really sort of like sentimental like synth line and then it just gets yeah. buried and everything gets kind of like consumed and the, there's this process of like things just being like cannibalized by itself and just like uh, it, it just... Uh, there's just this constant evolution, even though you have these like elements that persist throughout the track. Um, there's just this constant um, pressure and like shift in focus um, that a lot of the other tracks don't have, you know, like a lot of the other mm -hmm. tracks have these narrative uh, developments, you know, sounds are introduced and brought away. And this is kind of more like there is just this like thing that starts out and it feels sort of, positive and optimistic or sentimental or something. And then it just gets like consumed by this murk and this fog and all this murk. pressure. And then it like lifts for a little bit and you hear like these like pretty sounds again. And then it just comes back. <laughs> well, yeah, Cause it has the most, it has the most distinct opening because of that, because mm -hmm. it has this like, in, to me it was like the, kind of like a glean off a of metal, you know, metal from the sky, kind of that, it kind of has that glean yeah. and it just, it, yeah, it ha it's like the least oppressive start. I to described track. it as bright blossoms of chords over thunder and gray fog. So it's like, Boom. just picture like the first, Boom. you know, flower that comes up after a snow <laughs> and then it dies. And, yeah. And then it gets, <laughs> then it gets covered in frost. Yeah, again. Yeah. Bye. All right, I'm reading from my notes to Crawling Melodies Sear Past in Slow Motion, Metallic Grind. 
That's it. Yeah. Perfect. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I felt yeah. that when I, a lot of really a lot felt of metallic grind. Yeah, and it's this is a really it is a really nice piece. Favorites are hard though because I really you know there's something about and maybe it's just from being the first time I heard it, but moving through fog really just like it it made such an impression after you recommending this record to sit down and and hear it for the first time properly and be like whoa okay that's what this is so moving through fog kind of stands out to me as a favorite on this one too just first track put it on there and go for it <laughs> you know it, you just like go straight into that space like yeah, it's it, in, oh, it, sucks it you is right a in. feeling yeah well, and I think there's something that we need to mention. We would be remiss as Noise Extra podcast if we didn't talk about Jeff Grinky playing uh, in Ron Lassard's living room. I mean, it's not a Noise Extra episode if Ron Lassard is not mentioned. And yeah, I it's really that. cool. I love that. It's Can we discuss so this? amazing. To th- I, that would be a time machine destination for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, here's what he says about it. He says, um, compared to my other dates, it was just another different sort of setting, but I liked it a lot. It was very friendly and relaxed. I met more people than usual. There were a lot of musicians and sound artists there, and it was good meeting others working in similar realms. And there wasn't much of a performer audience boundary, and I was grateful for the opportunity to play there. We'll have to uh, ask yeah. a few people uh, if uh, who may have been in attendance of that, uh, but I think that's... What a cool image. And I've actually never heard of a performance in Ron's living room. Now, of course, the store. <laughs> yeah, I think I've seen pictures, yeah. but I've never, never mm-hmm. heard of this. I How? Are there more? Tell us stories. So exciting. Uh, I, I also love curious. the story because it's, yeah. it's in this great interview. Uh, on and it's That's the one that's in ND Magazine, correct? correct? Yes. Yeah. Right, um, right, right. Who put out that. Uh, split tape that we were talking mm-hmm. about uh, that we were listening to earlier, but um, he he kind of talks about a tour that he did, and there's a a particular story that I have to imagine all four of us have been in a very similar position, and it's I believe he says it's in El Paso, and he shows up to the venue, bar, some bar, oh, yeah. and of course the promoter either did, forgot about the show, didn't show up. And he was out of town. The promoter was promoter out of town. The promoter was out of town. <laughs> Shows up to the bar. The bar is like, didn't know they had a show that night. It's just some like regular bar. Yep. He said, that, you know, Led Zeppelin on the, uh, you know, on the stereo or whatever. And just, you know, the regular, the bar regulars there. But like I'm sure all four of us would have done, he still sets up and does a set. Cause it's like, well, this is, I was supposed to do this. <laughs> yeah. Like, and so he said he sat up in the corner and, you know, he said the reaction wasn't as hostile. I mean, they obviously wasn't like he said they, they didn't, didn't co- convert any fans necessarily. He said they didn't clap after each song. Yeah. But at the end, they were calling for an encore yeah, and yeah. saying for more. So I like, love it was that. Fun. I love that. I, I mean, because I, mean, I, you know, we've all played those shows and there are, you know, there are those shows when like sure maybe they're like cool that was nice and they're just kind of like whatever there are times when they're openly hostile but then there's those very rare events where you're playing to like less than 10 people and it's the best thing ever yeah i love those almost all of my favorite shows there were fewer than 10 people at (laughs) yeah 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 It's intimate. I think it is It is that thing where I can imagine if you hadn't been to an ambient show, it's it's almost like church. Like, do you clap or do you not clap? Like, we probably didn't know what to do. Like, we're rowdy yeah. and we're going to yell and clap 
you know, despite the mood, but you know, if you hadn't been there, maybe they, they thought that that's the, the right way to do it. And maybe they're, they're correct. I don't yeah. know. Maybe you shouldn't destroy, <laughs> enjoy the silence. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, thinking about Jeff playing Ron's house though, is really interesting to me because like, like Jeff's music really reminds me of a couple other um, sort of like early noise projects that I really love that had a connection to Ron. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know, like Randy grief, but he did an oh, yeah. LP mm-hmm. on triple R. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's sort of, you know, akin, like, you know, they're kind of kindred spirits maybe a little bit. Um, and then do you know the two daughters LP that he put out that Ron put I out? I don't know that no. one. Ooh. Nope. Now we have homework. The weirdest, like, most just like, uh, you know, it's it's almost Jandekian or something like that. It's like mostly vocals and guitar, and it just well, feels like this transmission from like another dimension. It is very strange, um, very creepy, super slow, <laughs> not dark ambient, but like extremely good, very special sort of like early 80s, uh, late 70s, like, noise project from the UK. Huh. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, cool. that we'll Ron definitely... put out a record for in, like, 82 or something like that. There's a lot of wow. weird Triple R <laughs> records, from the, especially from the 80s and kind of from, like, the mid-80s yeah. that are, like, really great out there, not what you would necessarily associate, you know, more in the nineties with triple R, but some of those eighties triple R records are very cool and weird. And he has out very there. taste. It's oh, great. It's, so, oh, it's totally. not just like, yeah, it's yeah, not just yeah. like a one trick, you know, yeah. Yeah. very cool. Respect to Ron. But I think, too, um, I think too, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, but I think too, kind of the way it's, I, I kind of like it just kind of happened the way we've been discussing this record. We kind of haven't necessarily gone in, in order, just kind of, because I don't know if this record calls for that because I think it it does feel like one complete thought. And yeah. so it's kind of like yeah. going in and and kind of picking out these different little areas of this overall piece, I think is a it's a really uh, I think it's a really cool way to listen and to discuss. Yeah, because like album. the tracks, even though they're like like as as we said, like they're shorter tracks, but like are they six minutes or are they twenty minutes? Like I couldn't tell. Like if you asked me after a track, I wouldn't be able to tell you how long that was. Like no. the one minute track felt like five minutes. The seven minute track felt like thirty minutes. Yeah. I don't know. In a great way. <laughs> yeah, like, it was in great. like a great way. Yeah. yeah. It, but it, again, it's dreamlike. You know. I, I read a review of this record where they were like, where this, where the writer was saying that he put on this record when he was going to sleep and it was like one of the yes. worst rests he's ever had <laughs> <laughs> see we're like we're like that sounds like an amazing oh, like, like that's a yeah, great idea yeah. let's do that <laughs> but he, the, his he reviewer was bad. not into it, it it's just like a, a little too like active a little too engaging and i think it gave him like weird nightmarish lucid dreams <laughs> i think the worst Maybe we're just all into that yeah I think the worst uh, put on for a nap record or put on to sleep record I've ever heard. And maybe I mentioned this when we did an episode about it, but uh, Mechpo Bacterium by MB. Oh my God. Say that, yeah, I, don't I, I, that. I have just woken up mid nightmare while uh, listening to that, that thing, just like in a panic attack, stressed out. Listen to it when you yeah, sleep. I can't imagine MB sleeping. I would also wouldn't recommend anything with birds 
uh, monkeys or frogs. Well, birds, monkeys, and frogs. If are you don't not... want to be startled and just woken up, yeah, I wouldn't recommend doing that, Tara. It's a good idea. Good every, piece of advice. Every time I like watch like a, a like some like documentary about birds, and like as soon as it's like, ah, Mike's like, God damn it! Because well, <laughs> like, I'll, right I'll be like asleep. almost it's asleep. And then you just hear this like screeching bird and it's just jarring. And but I just... keep saying if you learn about friendly bird noises, then it won't startle you. It'll relax you. And they're like, chip, 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 and they're just happy. Sure. It's not startling. Or frogs. Frogs are also bad. I know Owl this monkeys. is a common household problem amongst our listeners of, you know, those bird, those late night bird documentaries. So. <laughs> they're so relaxing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we can't leave our houses right now. This is how we go outside, Gray. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think uh, you Pete, can you still go outside. <laughs> I know, I know. My, so my neighborhood has all of these uh, escapee birds around it, and I take my dog out for walks every day. There's yeah. tons of peacocks. They're extremely <gasps> loud. And, oh, uh, peafowl. They're near Gray, too. It's great. They, they, There are 60 to 100 of them, and they are just... Oh wow! All hours. That's yeah. a lot my of family in Alabama ran a peafowl ranch, so I'm familiar <laughs> oh. with their cacophony of noises. I, again, I find it relaxing. It's so nice. They're they're <laughs> oddly human sounding. Yeah, it's like it's like a Martin Denny album or like a murder scene because it's they scream like people. <laughs> Same Martin death. Denny or murder. I like both. Um, you just add some bongos. Just add some bongos. You got Martin Denny. It's fine. Pete, have you ever seen Jeff live or? No, no, no. I, I don't know I mean, if he, he like, seems to tour, his... but it doesn't seem very often. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he plays much. Um, he does live in Tucson now, and mm-hmm. uh, my my sister lives there. So I was like, <gasps> oh, thinking I might try and like link up with them at some point when I go to visit her, but obviously that's not happening anytime soon. Um, I know a previous <laughs> podcast guest interview Bacillus, Peter Keller said that, uh, well, he loves this LP, which was one of those things I found out when we were talking. And, um, he saw Jeff Grinky play when he moved to Seattle in the nineties. Oh, heart. cool. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I wonder if I mean, it was around the time of the tour that he played at Ron's place. Yeah, must have been. Um, and also around the time, did you guys read any of this stuff about his his project uh, Hana? Yes. There was this With- insane concert that he de- he described where like <laughs> the singer of the project had been commissioned to do a performance. She she was in this band Sky Cries Mary. That's like a big sort of like. Uh, ethno tribal alternative rock band yeah. from Seattle. Mm-hmm. That fits. <laughs> um, and th- she had been commissioned to do a performance involving a bunch of a bunch of dancers and trained horses. What? Uh, oh, yeah. I, I must know more. Uh, we got to look up video from this performance. I would like to see yeah. trained horses dancing to this. This had to have happened in the mid '90s, and it, the performance was in Olympia, and like, whoa! I, I think it was associated with like the rodeo <laughs> or something like okay. that. I, right. I'm like, what? What would that even <laughs> look like? You know, like Jeff Grinky playing music, backing this woman singer with a bunch of like choreographed 
horseback riders. I, I think it's like called. That. I think that's called cortage. Dr- and it's dressage. Corta- cortage. Uh, and that's when you kind of lead the horse, not riding it. And they they remark upon its gait. And then you kind of have it do little like horse tricks, like walk forwards, walk backwards, do a high step, um, do a prance. Uh, it's fun. I, 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 right. I think I think that's for like judging, judging horses. But I, but this was like I'm an actual performance. Yeah, I'm picturing them doing that in a group to that. <laughs> right, that right, that right. would be fabulous. <laughs> yeah, just so dramatic. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Wonderful. See, horses. Now, that's a safe thing to watch to fall asleep. They're pretty quiet. <laughs> I, they might I'd be run curious around, to see more usually... horses and noise. <laughs> yes. Oh, what did we listen to that had neighing and whinnying in it? Two horse noises. It was oh, very recently. Yeah. Contagious orgasm. Yeah. Contagious orgasm. Had a lot of horse. And shout out to ah. sneaky horse fuckers. I mean, you know, <laughs> other horse related noise items. <laughs> I thought I heard some livestock in some of these tracks. Yes. Oh, same here. Uh, urban yeah. pasture. Yeah. There's, there's definitely some oh. animal sounds i wrote animal calls and and more animals <laughs> in here uh, i definitely heard probably the recordings of some animals i was wondering the, if there was a whale i was like is this a whale i don't know totally among the, icebergs made me think of a whale call one of the most revealing things about reading these interviews with him though was him talking about doing vocals and doing vocals yes! live we discussed was, this a lot oh my god and listening to this, I'm kind of like, oh, like, are these weird, like, percussive mutterings, him, like, interjecting? Is this, like, sound of, that sounds like cattle, maybe him, like, vocalizing? I thank I you, Pete, for this comment. <laughs> I thank you so much. You don't even know how much you have made my day because we were having a little argument about whether or not there were vocals uh, about uh, it. Maybe, I would say maybe. A discussion. Uh, yeah, a discussion. Because <laughs> I was like, he's talking about his vocals. Like, I even looked on Discogs. Every single recording after this, he lists vocal or performance, uh, which would, you know, make you think that he is using vocals but it's not listed on this album so i was saying that i think there's still vocals on here and i feel like there's vocals on here and mike was saying no he's the type of guy who would actually write it down on the credits if he had the vocals in there and gray agreed with mike uh but the fact that you said that makes me so happy because i thought there was vocals in this whole thing like just a few times not agree with mike i'm with you tara on this one (laughs) i did not agree with mike what? Oh, I I, I disagree with you at this point again, what? Gray. I no, I did not say that I agree with you that there weren't vocals on it. I was agreeing with oh. the fact that they that they're not listed on this record. Oh, okay. Wow, Mike, you're out there. I guess alone. I'm out, you know I'm outgunned, wow. I'm outnumbered. Gray just sidestepped that whole thing. No, I mean my yeah. my notes have the words <laughs> vocals written in them, so I don't I wouldn't <laughs> Foreign Corridor I thought yeah. definitely had voice in it. Foreign Corridor is the one that was like, now we have voice. Just like in the interviews. Another, Although another I, thing but Mike a, is Mike's got a point. Another, he would he would write it down. Yeah, well, eh, maybe. So the thing with like his tapes is it lists everything very specifically. Yes, and yes. the thing with the album, it's just sort of like electronics and, you know, it's just more vague. Um, yeah, processing. But, maybe the effect is vocal. 
the <laughs> wilder thing, though, is when he's talking about his vocals, he's talking about this specific record that was really inspiring to him. Uh, mm-hmm. This record, um, uh, Terrain by David Moss. Did you listen I to it? Did you this record? Yeah. We listened to it. Did you, and Pete? The vocals are nuts. <laughs> They're wacky. It is. Yeah. It's. Yeah, I think did you see? I think you called it wild. I think that's uh, that's a, that's a good word. We were for it. we were speechless. What did you think, Pete? Super animalistic. It sounds. It's like <laughs> muttering, like guttural, like body sounds. Yeah, um, it, it's it's yeah. nothing like what I expected. How about you? Yeah, not not at all. And then no. you're thinking like, oh, this guy is inspired by uh, David Moss, and he's like doing a lot of vocals live with his music is this what he's doing yeah exactly i i I feel like he has to be doing that although david moss sounds nothing like it i thought it was going to be chill but it is not chill (laughs) no 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 no. it's yeah yeah i i totally just assumed it was going to be like even the name of it like terrains like oh this is going to be like in the in the line of cities and he said it in the same interview with it comparing it to eno's on land it is, it is nothing like eno it is ain't no dropping eno in this. yeah 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 <laughs> i think it's are, are y'all- uh, worth noting how much of an uh touchstone eno is for him in all the interviews i read eno is mentioned like every single one eno comes mm-hmm. up uh this this piece very specifically does not sound really eno-esque at all <laughs> no no not at all <laughs> It it reminds me it reminds me of another record I have uh, this record by Reese Williams, Sanant's project, and it's literally just like this constantly evolving loop of like fragments of speech and breathing and like laughter, and it's super super disorienting and disturbing. Yeah, um, that sounds weird. But uh, it's very weird. But this is the same sort of like, um, you know. Uh, sounds that precede speech, right? It just sounds like um, grunting that, you know. The sound of consonants. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's just pure consonants. <laughs> um, it, yeah, that that was and, such an interesting part too. Just, I, I was just picturing his, I want to see him live after reading those interviews. Yeah, and I, I think that it's on this record. I really do. I think a lot of the animal mm-hmm. sounds are actually him like, being the animal. Be the animal. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, what fun we have. But yeah, I mean, he's, this... not, he's not going out and recording animals, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I like that. I like what I call artificial nature. Yes, I, and I think yes. I, I love yeah. that. I love the like, it, you re- like a strange replication of what your brain, uh, you know, thinks of as nature and i think this record is that yeah and we want to we want to make it like so how many times have we listened to like i don't know like pain jerk and it feels like vocals but it's electronic processing like or you know whatever like so many times like like the way that they're processed makes you want to believe that it's alive so are you saying that it could possibly not be vocals is that what you're saying or i i'm holding strong (laughs) in how i feel but i want to say that i respect you for your opinion and that i accept your opinion as yours oh thank you very Uh, much but i i do feel that there's vocals and whales (laughs) (laughs) but yeah wow what a what a record i mean this is like i said this was uh 
one of the on our very first list you were it was Jeff Grinky, Cities and Fog with Pete Swanson. Yes. Over a year ago that we made the list. And uh, here we are. So, man. I'm so happy this finally happened. Yeah. And I'm so happy finally. to really, really get really turned on to this record, going in deep with it. It's it's definitely Absolutely. now. It's just, it's in, it's in rotation. It's yes. in our, it's in the cat. It's in the, uh, our home listening canon now for sure. Maybe we'll try to fall asleep to this. I'll put the birds on mute and we'll listen to this. Sounds good to me. And then it'll be you cool. Just put on the birds and this. <laughs> See what it sounds like. <laughs> they would sound, they would fit right in. Birds and water. Love them. Water sure. Birds. <laughs> birds and water. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Awesome. Well, uh, Pete, any anything you uh, anything you want uh, the listeners to to where can they find you where where can they check check your stuff out? Is Should there they be on the lookout for something yeah, coming out? Anything of you? you want to say? Now is the time to say it. I mean, in in the recent past, they could have found me at my clinic, but um, <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, healthcare is not very fun right now. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, so my label is kind of the main project that I have going right now. Freedom to spend. Uh, we're on Bandcamp. We have a website. A uh, bunch of records I really love. Uh, like uh, you know, by like Mark Barreca, who we mentioned earlier, and uh, cool. Michelle Mercure, and uh, you know, Ernest Hood, Ursula K. Le Guin. A whole bunch of pretty bizarre uh eccentric records um uh some some uh i've had i've been fortunate enough to like reissue some of my personal favorites like that uh richard horowitz eros in arabia um what's that uh argonauts record i can never remember the title of argonauts uh (laughs) pep yapis uh poemusia lao now dels argonates I cannot pronounce that. Oh, either. yeah, uh, that's I, that's why I, I can't remember the title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I believe that the title is in Catalan. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I do not speak Catalan either. Um, there were some well, we interesting regional it. You did arguments. A great job. Uh, that one's gotten yeah, uh, many exactly. a nice afternoon play here at the house. Oh, it's it's a great afternoon record. Um, great morning record too. Um, and then, uh, I also have like, uh, some archival projects that are in the works that should be popping up, uh, late June or July. And those will probably be pretty long projects because they're pretty comprehensive. (laughs) Well, we can do an update when they're ready. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, eventually it'll probably be about 150 releases put up on over there. Wow. Right. So yeah, it's a it's 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 a whole thing. But um uh, I wanted to to be complete and uh you know have a full picture available despite a lot of it not being great. <laughs> I respect you know, that. A lot of yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of the uh a lot of the failures, a lot of the thinking out loud led to places that I thought were really productive. So you know, uh, I one of the things I really love about these Bandcamp holidays is that I feel like people are being a lot more like loose with uh, their releases. Yeah, oh, yeah it feels you know, good to like are... support people. Yeah, yeah, 
It's like yeah, I just go and buy Everybody's some, thinking now out loud too much. <laughs> I go buy some things from some friends. I grab some stuff that I wanted to check out. I try to listen to new stuff people are recommending. It's there. It's fun. It's like a. I, it's actually especially because you know a lot of us aren't uh, leaving the house as much. You you've got kind of a day to sit there and just kind of look at Bandcamp all day and get stuff and pick stuff and interact with people. Uh, at least that's how I'm trying to trying to play it is like a, an actual an actual holiday. I, I love it. Yeah. Well, in July, if you in July, if you kind of want to get a similar vibe to this album, you could check out the Failing Lights album on the Bandcamp day. Look at, look at Tara <laughs> with the plug. It will be up on July 3rd uh, and maybe a little teaser coming up before that. Uh, and there's another record uh, from one of us here that uh, I think some of us are anticipating, but I don't know if that'll be out by <gasps> <Yes>. July. Yes, <laughs> I don't. I don't know the timeline think on that. So I don't think so. <laughs> vinyl, pressing is a, vinyl pressing is a real uh, a real thorn in my side these days. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not really working. Yeah, it's not really working. <laughs> yeah. And then when you finally get something and it sounds wrong, it it takes even longer for it to work. So, Oof. well, let's end on a positive note. Jeff Grinky. <laughs> Jeff Grinky. This was so great. This record's yes. amazing. Pick yeah. up the record. Check pick out up any the of project. the other stuff. Yeah. Pick up the project CD reissue. Pick up yeah any of his stuff. It's yeah, it's absolutely. all really great to check out. Uh, a lot of different. He goes in a lot of different zones, a lot of different areas. So yeah, my friend is, uh, yeah. Jeffrey pointed out a copy of uh, Places of Motility for sale to me a while ago. So I grabbed that just based on the strength of this record, and that record rules too. So I yeah. thus far I'm two for two on Grinky Records. Yeah, Heck yeah. and any of the Heck early yeah. tapes, any of the early tapes are really worth scoping out. Cool. It's, yeah. it's, well, thanks for the hot tip, Pete Swanson. Whole lot of hot murk. <laughs> 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 well pete thank you so much we'll have to do this again and great, uh, we'll great, have to great do, seeing all of you we'll you have too. to maybe do a uh seven inch episode oh yeah let's uh, pick something sooner than later yeah we'll we'll see <laughs> cool. all right well uh thanks so much everybody you've been listening to noise extra noise extra is brought to you by chondritic sound a home to noise artists for over 17 years by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise. <laughs>